the source for the culture from Silicon Valley. A lot of different attributes that we can go into detail, but the bay is where it's at. For the ones that are watching outside, y'all need to slide through. Uh, Thanks. But we're going to get right into it. Watch and shop on emlinexclusive.com. Even though I ain't rich, bitch, I ain't rich, yeah. Bounce back Michael Vick on my shit, yeah. Cause being broke is just a state of mind. That ain't my state of mind. But smile is mine, I'ma take my time. Won't waste my time if we ain't alone. They don't want to see me shine, I'm still going to shine. It ain't exclusive if it ain't an Emlyn exclusive. It's your boy BQ, and welcome to the Emlyn Podcast. We're in the heart of Silicon Valley, downtown San Jose, California, bridging the gap between the culture and the rest of the globe. Our podcast, you'll learn about the art of vision when it's invisible to others, interviewing leaders, how they leverage self-development, learning, and networking to elevate their career path in life to disrupt the culture. Entrepreneurship, media, information, the list goes on. So today, I have a very special guest. This guest right here is a good friend of mine. I've known him for a very, very long time, more than 10 years, definitely more than 10 years. It's crazy how far life has gone. My guest is a, is a local active community member. He's, a business, he's in the business of servicing people, groomsmen, a father, a local Latino native from the South San Jose, California. He not only supports local professional MLS team earthquakes, he's also sponsored by them. He's created merch. He's been a part of three different barbershop ventures, also owner of the Lifted Barbershop for over two plus years. I think it's two or three, I might be wrong. Three Three years in downtown San Jose and on, on one of the most oldest streets in San Jose, Monterey Road, AKA First Street, Mr. Sammy Barajas, AKA Lifted Barber. What's <laughs> good? That's an intro. That's an intro. <laughs> Well-deserved intro. What's good, bro? How you doing? I'm good, bro. I've been good. How about yourself? I'm glad I finally have you here, man. Yeah, it's been a minute. We've been talking about this for a while, you know? But uh, I'm glad we're doing it now. Yep. so long. We got, we got a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of uh, stories to unpack, and I feel like there's a lot of people that already know you from the community. Mm-hmm. A lot of people you cut up every single day already know your folks, uh, your company, and just like, you know, everything that you're, you're well-known for. Um, so yeah, man, once again, thank you for making time out of your busy schedule for ones that don't know my man's is booked every week, dog. Like I see it. He's able to fill out them slots every week on the gram. You'll put out three time slots. I'll tap in literally 20 minutes after that post and he'll be like, ah, oh, bro, you should have hit me early. I'm like, fuck. And sometimes, and you know, I'm loyal to you, bro. When it comes to haircut, I want you to know this shit. I'm loyal to you. I will literally be scruffy. Ask my girl. I'll be scruffy for like three, four weeks. On purpose, because I'm like, nah, I can't risk it. I can't risk it. Like, I, I know Sammy knows my hair. <laughs> I only person, the only person I go to outside of you is my cousin. But I told you that already. Your cousin got bars too. Yep, yep. Yeah. Shout out to my cousin, man, shout Michael. Out to, shout out to Brandon's cousin. Boyle, Boyle. Uh, shit, the groomsmen. I know he works at the groomsmen. Seawap. Uh, I think they call him Seawap. That's what they call him. Um, but you know, I call him Boyo. That's his nickname growing up. We used to call him Poito. Man, you a real one, man. There's not a lot of real clients out there that stay that stay uh, loyal to their barbers nowadays, man. There's a lot of a lot of people out there cheating on the barbers nowadays. Man. It's it's like a real relationship, bro. It's real out there. And sometimes, you know, you give people an opportunity and you regret it right away. But man, you know, it could be tough too, man. I mean, I appreciate you doing that, especially. I know you, I know your schedule is very busy too, man. So for you to wait it out, you know, till you get back in my chair, you know, that, that means a lot too, bro. For real, that. You keep rocking with me and that you keep like just supporting my business. 
Bro, and, and to just give you a little context for the folks listening, like, I literally been getting cut by Sammy since middle school. So I'm 26 years old. I want y'all to process that real quick. And when we was in middle school, that's like, what, 15, 14 years old? I'm 26 years old. That's 10 plus years. We And you started it in the garage, you know what I'm saying, back at the house, you know what I'm saying? You used to invite oh, a, lot, huh? a lot has changed, bro. Like, a lot of people that know you right now have only seen one side of things, and I feel like there's so much to unpack. But we'll go into those things right now. So I want to kind of give you an opportunity to formally introduce yourself to the audience, the ones that, for the few that don't know you, and for the rare audience that might get a chance to finally run across, you know, the barber community. All right, so my name is Samuel Barajas. I've been a barber for about over six years now going into seven um legit legitly uh, i've always been playing around with the clippers since i was in middle school i've always been in and out of it but um i never really took it serious until coming out of high school so that's why i, I say about seven years because um i mean like i said i'll do a haircut here and there but it was nothing on a serious level where where i took it um where i took it as i'm taking it now you know um i went to middle school with my boy brandon i went to Oak grove high school um, coming out of high school, I, I still didn't believe I was going to be a barber. It was just supposed to be like a, a part-time thing. It was supposed to be like a little side hustle. Um, I never expected, especially with the prices that were back then, it was like about $15 a cut back in the day. Yep. Whew. Good old days. <laughs> the, the OGs were already charging the dub, dub five, but I mean, from what I was used to paying, I was, I was paying about $10 a cut, $15 a cut. So I didn't think you could uh, provide for a family with that, with that type of income. I didn't think you could provide for yourself or give yourself um, from what the lifestyle I wanted to live. Uh, I didn't think that could provide for it. So I never thought that I was going to be a, a barber full time. Um, it wasn't until after, you know, after I, I, I tried going to college and um, it just wasn't my thing, man. It didn't, it didn't feel like I felt like, you know, my parents were supporting me. They've always supported me in everything I've done, but I felt like I was wasting their money. I felt like I was wasting my time. And I think that's the most important thing right now, time. You know, you can't get that back. Mm. So, you know, right away after my first semester, I, I dropped out and uh, I went to barber college. Uh, I wasn't supported, you know, at, at first by a lot of people. You know, a lot of people didn't, didn't take me serious when I told them I was going to be a barber. Um, luckily, it just, it just right from the beginning, you know, I got a lot of support from, from my, my own friends, um, from family members. Um, and it just started booming, you know, it started just cutting every day. Um, I got into Evergreen Barbershop. First, I went to Barber College, San Jose Barber College, about a year, to graduated. Uh, cut in my garage for another six months just to kind of build up my clientele. After that, I started working at Evergreen Barbershop. Um, I was there for about a year. And then after that, I opened up a business with a couple of my friends from that same barbershop. It was called uh, Dapper Barbershop. That barbershop went, went uh, very well as well. I was there for about a year, but then uh, I just kind of wanted to do my own thing, you know, just kind of create my own image of a, of a business. And then that's when I opened up Lift the Barbershop, which I am at right now for, it's been about two and a half years. We're going towards three in May. And yeah, I mean, even during the pandemic, everything's been going good, you know, I have no complaints. You know, the team that I have is solid. I have uh, 15 chairs. They're all filled up. You know, I have a, I have a great team. Uh, every barber in there plays a huge role in the shop. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for more. I mean, I'm blessed right now with everything I got. You know, I got, I got my clothing brand coming out. Yup, see that? LFTD. I've been, I've been messing around with it. You know, I have fun doing it. Um, That's what it's about. Having fun. Reading Frenchies. I haven't put out a, 
uh, how do you call it? I haven't put out a, any. A litter, I haven't put out a litter yet. You know, okay. but uh, I'm hoping by the time you know summer comes around, I could put out my first litter. Um, and real quick, what is that? I don't know what that is. What a is litter it? is like when they have the babies, like a other uh, set of babies. That's what you call mm. a litter. It's about like they usually have like five, six babies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had I wasn't planning on even doing the breeding thing either. Yeah. I just have to, I had two Frenchies, you know. I got a girl and a guy, and I was just like, you know what? Might as well that I have them, you know, do something with it. I might not be taking that long term, you know. Obviously, barbering is my main focus. Same with the clothing, you know. Barbering is my main focus, but it's just something I do on the side, you know, making clothes, you know, and then hopefully maybe putting out uh, a breed of Frenchies, you know, a, a litter. So I'm, I'm a rookie at that one, though. Yeah. I, mean, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a legit breeder. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, you know, just something I'll be messing around with. Uh, something to keep me busy, bro. I always try to find other things to do besides, you know, just cutting hair. Uh, just other things to kind of just promote the business. Uh, and yeah, bro, I mean, the moment, you know, everything's going good right there. I'm hoping I could maybe open up another business soon or, or you know, just come up with other other type of, of ways of, of hustling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much it yeah man you definitely uh i love how no no i love to hear you talk about it because this is everything that you've talked about since you've been cutting my hair you know i've, I've been with you kind of like throughout that path just by hearing you talk about it you know what i mean and then actually seeing you building in fruition so i kind of want to take it back a little bit because we're, we're going down the list of all these ventures right now it's a lot to keep up with you know what yeah. i mean is but it's dope because it's like you know I, i'm really inspired by that stuff you know what i mean i love hearing about people in our community that are willing to take those risks and just do it especially if you actually enjoy doing those type of things so let's take it back a little bit because it was a really uh that that path right there really started building up year after year it's like it's like a different chapter yeah it's a long intro but it's but it's it's it gives pretty much like a you know general view of like what you've been building over these years so you talked about how you were you went to school for a semester and you didn't like it and you kind of were self-aware you were like this isn't working for me Mm -hmm. like what about it made you realize that you didn't want it and it didn't work out for you and how did your family you know embrace that adjustment I mean, uh, I went to West Valley College for about, I want to say, I don't even know it was a full semester, to be honest with you, bro. I think they do some I think Quarter. They, no, they, it was a semester because I think the ends is only on the mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I did a semester, bro, and uh, in the beginning, I was I was really motivated. I've always wanted to do something with my life, you know, so regardless, that didn't work out. But I was, I remember being motivated in the beginning, you know, and then as, as I was going every day, it was just... That motivation was just dying out. Yeah. Uh, being in class, uh, I was just kind of like, it just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Um, you had no desire. because my grades were speaking for themselves, you know, yeah. like, I didn't have the best grades, you know, and my parents, they're not the wealthiest people ever, and just seeing them drop so much money on, on classes that I'm failing on, it, it just did not feel, uh, it didn't feel good at all. Yeah. It didn't feel like, it didn't feel like that was my motive, you know, it didn't feel like that was my calling, you know, it just, it just didn't feel right, you know, I, I tried to finish the semester just to say, you know, I at least tried it. Yeah. I, I didn't want to just tap out halfway through, but I finished it and, and I just still felt the same way. Um, I remember having a conversation with my mother, I was just like, you know, it's just not my thing, you know, I'm trying to be a barber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, How did that I, conversation go? Yeah, it, just, it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the best in the beginning. Um, they were just worried about it, you know, they, they, they obviously came over here for for a better future, you know. They they came for for myself to have a better future, for my siblings to have a better future. So they want us to take the 
best path possible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know they weren't being, I don't want to say they're not supporting me about it, but they were just like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you mm -hmm. sure you want to be a barber? Yeah. Like, you, it's not just something that you're thinking about randomly and you're just mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to drop out and be a barber. And yeah. It's like, they're, are you sure this is your thing? Mm -hmm. And uh, and it just took me a lot of time to think about it. As the semester was going through, I just kept thinking about it. I was like, I was like, is this, is this was calling my name? I was cut, I was going to class, but then I was getting out, I was cutting hair, you know, and then, and then the, the money I was making wasn't a lot, you know, at first, so that's what kind of made me doubt about it too, you know. I'm like, I'm not making too much money out of it, um, but it's what I like to do, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just seeing all my homies, they come through. As people get older, you start losing connections with people, you know, and and that just it was just a way for me to keep uh, my friendships going, my my connections with everybody going with yourself, bro. I mean, I wouldn't get to see you as much or anybody, you know. Just, mm -hmm. The only time I see people is they were in the chair. Yeah. So uh, that's what I liked about it. I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm kicking it with the homies, I'm cutting them up, and I'm getting paid for it, whether the money was a lot or not. Mm -hmm. It's what I like to do. Um, that's pretty much what I explained to my mom. She. Over time, she started kind of just like, you know what, if you want to do it and try it out, we'll support you. Um, and then after that, if you know, if you want to stay with it, that's on you. If you want to do something else, then that's on you too, you know. But mm -hmm. if you want to give it a try, then we'll that's all we could do pretty much is support you on that, which they did. Mm -hmm. paid for my, for, they paid for some of my school. I paid for half. They went half and half. Mm -hmm. I was working at, at Brookstone as well. I remember, I remember those days. I was running, I, I, was, finding little, I was finding little helicopters at, at the mall, you know, I was that guy. Trying to bring people in and shit. <laughs> that shit worked too. Everyone was like, oh shit, look at that helicopter. I hell remember that shit. Yeah, I was, I was driving cool ass speakers. I was, I was a salesman, a floor, floor associate, I remember. Um, yeah, I remember being in there finding little helicopters, man. It was just, that, that, that business actually showed me a lot about customer service though. Yeah. I always think, thank them for that even though they i think they they went bankrupt already yeah they're, they're, they're that is true i wonder what happened to them yeah they don't exist no more but that's a that's a cool thing about nine to fives though i mean there is some value that you do learn and you can apply that with your own business exactly yeah i mean you wouldn't think that i would have picked up anything from it you know just but that just shows you know any type of job you get before your career you want to take off on it could help you out on on other aspects of, of things you know like i take my customer service very serious uh I try to be uh, on time with all my appointments. I, I don't try to delay people. I, I try to be as professional as I can, you know? Um, and I feel like just that on that aspect of things, I learned from, from Brookstone, you know? Mm -hmm. that They're like the customer's always right type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely helped me out on, on, on the business-wise, you know, working there. But yeah, regardless, you know, when I dropped out of, out of school and I quit that job, man, uh, that's probably the best thing I could have done for myself, you know, just follow what I what I like to do. So when you were working at Brookstone, how old were you? I was, uh, I went seasonal, I think like when I was 15, so it was seasonal. Oh, you were in high school at this time? Yeah. Oh, I didn't it even know was, you were. It was seasonal, I went 15, and then I came back when I was, uh, I think like 17, 16, they hired me full-time. Mm -hmm. They needed somebody, and they just decided to get me full-time. I stayed there for, I stayed there, I think my senior year in high school, and I was there for my, well, I was in barber college, I was, uh, well, I was working right there as well. I, wor I worked there for a good while, actually. Yeah, because I, 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 I could have swore you were older. Like, maybe you were 18. Yeah, I was there. 17 I was or 18. I was in and out, but in total, yeah. I was about there for, for a good year and a half as well. Yeah. So I was in my junior year, came back towards the senior year, and then still, uh, still stayed uh, for my barber college days. Mm -hmm. It was cool.
<laughs> no, that's, that's good though. I'm glad we're unpacking all the game where you're learning it from because there's there's a there's different levels to learning, you know. And I feel once you actually, uh, you know, realize that you didn't want to work uh, at Brookstone anymore and you didn't want to go to school anymore and kind of being self-aware that you knew that barber was the path, it's 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 hard for people to like give themselves that reassurance, you know, because mm-hmm. we were young. But your intuition told you like I don't want to do this. I want to do barber. But like you're so young, you don't know if that's the right path. And you you have your older uh, folks kind of telling you like Are you sure? You don't know. Like sometimes it's kind of hard to know it. But you know, as you reflect on it now, you kind of like Oh, I already knew from the beginning. But you kind of just needed that reassurance. Um, and uh, a cool thing about that as well is like you're a first generation American. Uh, so talk about a little bit like where your family's from and just kind of like you know a little bit about where the roots of that work ethic comes from because I can tell that you work hard and you actually like you're constantly hungry for more shit mm-hmm. and like even though like you, you talk about all this stuff you already done you're still trying to do more shit you know what I mean and I, and, and uh, that all stems from the culture from upbringings from family roots and stuff like that so I want to hear a little bit about that yeah so uh, start off with my parents man they're like my biggest inspiration um, my mom shout she, out to mom she, pops she came over they're both from Mexico from Michoacan uh, the, the nearest big city to them is Morelia, mm. but they're from the, the rancho, which mm. is the ranch, you know, they, uh, mm. they're probably like an hour away from Morelia. Um, my parents come from pretty much nothing, from like not even having toilet paper to use, you know, you, you know, living out in the, like far away from anything, any type of, you know, stores, anything like that, yeah. you know, like wearing the same clothes every day, um, eating like the same, like whatever they, whatever they grew there, they ate, you know, like. From working from when they were like already like five years old, they was already in the fields, you know, out there providing for themselves. So at the end of the day, they're, they're pretty much my biggest inspiration. They came over here, um, I think my mom was 16 and my dad was 18. And they got married and they came over here, you know, with nothing. Um, no support, you know, um, they had I think like one uncle that lived out here, you know, but they've lived in their car before, you know, they've, um, they've like, They've pretty much, you know, came from the bottom, I would say. Yeah. You know? um, from my dad working a bunch of jobs, my mom working a bunch of jobs, you know. Um, my dad having a tough, you know, like, he would have, like, times where, like, he'd be taking his bike to work and then he would get jumped, mm-hmm. you know, going to work, mm-hmm. take his money. Um, uh, were just times where they would happen, you know, where they would just get, you know, being down on or, you know. I, it was just tough for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, at the end of the day, that's my biggest inspiration. Seeing, you know, my, my parents, you know, put away, you know, their dreams aside from mine. Um, like, like I said, you know, I, me at 16, I was, I feel like I was still being spoiled. Uh, to know that my mom at 16 uh, came over here and already had to act like a grown woman. Because yeah. she wasn't, I mean, she was 16, so I don't, I don't consider that being already like a, I still consider that, you know, being a young, young yeah. teenager. Yeah, 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 agreed. So... So just seeing, uh, just kind of just seeing all that, I just, it just reminds myself. Um, it gives you, you perspective. Know, it, it makes me want, to, like, you know, to make them feel like they came over here for a reason. Mm-hmm. That they didn't come over here and, you know, and I'm just, like, up doing up to no good, you know, that I, I'm falling off or that I'm getting lost in, mm-hmm. in whatever shit, you know. I'm, at the end of the day, I mean, I do it for myself, I do it for my family, but I do it for them too, you know. Yeah. Um, just make them feel that. The sacrifice they made it is it will be paid off you know mm-hmm. um like i said the reason why i haven't even done uh the podcast which is i've told you you know i i still have a, a lot more goals to do yeah yeah um i, I don't consider myself uh I, I don't try to like i don't beat myself down but 
I still feel like I could do much more. And I was planning on doing this interview with you mm. once I maybe accomplished a couple more goals, you know? Yeah, yeah. Really gave people even more of a reason yep. to want to hear yep. this interview. Hell yeah. So, I mean, right now we're putting this out, but I'm hoping we could put out another one. Oh, we will, bro. We always like to do the little better. recap follow-ups. Like, shit, <laughs> what, what happened since the last time, you know? <laughs> no, but I love, I love how you're uh, touching on that. And the reason I wanted to really highlight those things is because... Um, what I really take away from that is it gave you perspective and your family sacrificed for you to be here and for you to take it a step further and even beyond, you know what I mean? Because how you said they, they came from nothing and they had very limited resources and the fact that they're here is like a blessing. And now for you guys, you guys don't have to go through that struggle, even though, you know, there are some challenges and barriers along the way that we all had to go through, but it's not compared to like what they went through. Yeah, and I understand definitely, definitely. too, uh, because I'm first generation American. My my parents are from Nicaragua. They migrated here from Nicaragua. And, like, it's very similar. Like, I, you know, all our people around us, all Latino homies that grew up around us, they all have very similar, uh, you know, pathways where they had to kind of see the struggle their parents went through. Mm -hmm. And they have that, like, inside them. You know what I mean? Like, they know, like, I can't. I can't let them down. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of like, yeah. it's kind of like, a, I wouldn't say an obligation. It's more like a, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it's basically just like, you just can't, you know what I mean? Can't let that sacrifice go to waste. Exactly. Um, so I totally understand what that is. And I, I, I want the viewers to kind of get a taste of like what a first generation American really goes through. You know what I mean? Cause some yeah, people are just born definitely. here and they just have it made and they think like, Oh, you know, I don't have fucking milk in the fridge. I don't have fucking, a Uber, I don't have money for my Uber or I don't have, fucking you know what i mean these little yeah. first uh what i was talking to cheeto earlier uh, the other day he was talking about first world problems like we have first world problems like people are more worried about certain things that are not really that serious you know what i mean like something that definitely i mean even with our parents you know besides besides our parents um there's still other places in the world you know that you see that all the time you know that sometimes we get lost and we're stressing about uh, uh little things you know um casual things about money, about um, maybe not not being able to take our vacations when we want to take our vacations. You know, sometimes we don't have enough free times on our hands. Sometimes uh, we want to buy something but we can't get it. Or, yeah. You know, just stuff like that. I feel like sometimes we could get kind of stressed out, which we shouldn't because there's other places in the world that people are worried about. You know, eating eating the next day or having food for the kids or about staying healthy or about living in general. You know. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many places, bro. It's crazy, you know. Think about bro, I be thinking about how, like, my grandma's house, every time I go over there, I shower in cold water every day. And I think about, like, damn, one day someone don't have cold water, it's fucking end of the world. <laughs> like, dude, that, just that little thought, you know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy, you know yeah, what I mean? Man, it's crazy, bro, for real, though. Like, like any time I feel uh, somewhat stressed out about a situation, man, I just kind of got to remind myself uh, how blessed I am, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, no matter what the situation is, you know, at the end of the day, I got somewhere to live. You know, my, my family got, got food to eat and that we're all healthy. Because mm -hmm. um, that's the most important thing at the end of the world, you know. Yeah. Like, like what, well. what someone wouldn't pay to have their health? What someone wouldn't pay to be able to see, to be able to feel, you know, like mm -hmm. to be able to hear. Like, there's people out there that are in wheelchairs, you know, like mm -hmm. they're, they're the ones that, you know, have it tougher. But mm -hmm. still, you still see people like that overcoming you know those problems you know and it's mm -hmm. just that's inspiring to me mm -hmm. uh seeing people have a way harder situation than myself and they don't complain they just take it as it is and that's you know those are the people i i admire mm -hmm. my eyes. 
like for example, you know, a lot of the immigrants that pay taxes and are not getting a stimulus check, but are out there selling raspados and chicharrones every single day. Oh, like oh, that, man. like that is an example. That inspires me, man, for real. And you would think it, it doesn't take a millionaire to inspire, you know? That mm -hmm. inspires me too, but at the end of the day, you know, just seeing people grind, you know, like there's people whose hair I cut, you know, they work all day, they come get the haircut. And I'm like, what do you about to do after this? Oh, I'm gonna go back to work. Oh, well, they've been working seven days a week, you know? Um, sometimes when I feel like not staying late, taking the extra client, mm -hmm. um, I think about these people, you know, they're they're working uh, 12 hour shifts, you know, crazy shifts, you know, and and they're getting paid a, a fraction of maybe what I'm getting or like half what I'm paying. And mm -hmm. they're doing it like if they're doing it for another fifteen dollars, you know, I could definitely stay and do another haircut for so and so price. You mm -hmm. know? It's just about, you know, just taking a look at your surroundings and, and noticing the sacrifice that everybody's making around you. Mm -hmm. Always give you a, a constant reminder to keep hustling. Agreed. And the cool part is, like, you know, everything you're doing when it comes to, like, you know, grooming the folks in the community, you actually are a part of that community. Like, you know, take a step back away from the brand and away from, like, the business model. You are actively, you you are, like, therapeutic in a way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you people go to you, you know, not only are they getting a haircut, you, you ask them about their day, how's everything going, mm -hmm. and really chop it up with them. And sometimes those, you know, just those little things makes people appreciate everything that you do. Yeah. Not just you, but even just the barber community in general. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of want to pivot this, uh, conversation a little bit and kind of talk about some of the, some of the challenges that you face in this path. Cause you, we talked about the barber college for the ones that don't know the barber college is a, is an education program where you learn the barber fundamentals, but you're not getting the full benefits of being a barber, right? You're basically doing free labor. You're only getting like $5 a haircut. Yeah. Like I remember that you were, we were only paying $5 for a haircut and you were barring people up. <laughs> I hella remember, <laughs> I hella remember fucking, uh, you showed me a video of this white dude that came in and he was getting barred up and he had like a fucking terrible like lineup, like yeah. terrible. <laughs> oh man, that shit was hilarious. But the point I'm getting at though is that like you started off, you know, very humble, you know, $5 and then you worked for another person's yeah. business and then eventually you start a partnership with three folks and then you had eventually the privilege to start your own. Yeah. But there was a lot of stress along that process. Yeah, so, like, what was something that you wish you knew going into those ventures ahead of time? Um, what would be something, man? Just or just even just in general, you know, like if you could tell your if you could go back to yourself five years ago, what's some advice you would tell yourself? If I could give myself some good advice, bro, it would just be to stack up my money. Um, I remember my first week that I got booked out. I had never made over bought. I had never even made over like two hundred dollars a week. Mm. So my first week, or like my first book that week, you know, I made probably like around like like around eight nine hundred dollars mm. my first week, you know, and and for me that that was like amazing. Yep. Hell yeah, because you did it on your own. Money. I would say right now that's a lot of money, you know, especially living right here where we live at. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I made that much, and then what I would just started doing was just blowing it. Mm. Started going to the store. Even I had other homies I was making. I knew my other homies was making still like 180 or 150 mm. a week or whatever they was making. Yeah. Everybody was working little jobs and part-times, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was so happy, bro, that I remember taking a bunch of my friends and just started buying everybody things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Let's go, bro. Let's go. Let's go eat. It's on me. Hard, I started buying people, you know, stuff. And then, like, you know, honestly, I'm not saying I, that was the worst thing ever because, you know, I like to give, you know? But yeah. If I would have stacked all my money from the very start, you know, uh, invested it into other mm. stuff, into... You know, to stocks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Investing is always the best, always the best move. Mm -hmm. Stacking up your money is always the best, the best move. You know, um, 
at the end of the day, I, I don't regret too much, you know, living it up and partying and doing all that. It was cool. Mm. But the more you give, the more you get. So maybe I would have sacrificed going out a little less. I would have sacrificed buying myself a new pair of shoes every two weeks or every mm. week, so-and-so. Um, if I would have invested, you know, in, in just stuff in general, you know, and honestly, stocks, you know, mm -hmm. uh, who knows where that money could have been up, up by now, you know. I mean, I started stacking up probably in my dapper days, you know, mm -hmm. when I started saving up money, even towards the end of Evergreen. But, you know, I spent a, a good amount of money on, on stuff that wasn't needed. Um, like liabilities. Liabilities, you know. Mm -hmm. um, stuff that would have tripled up, quadrupled up my more uh, mm -hmm. by now, you know, but... I mean, it is what it is. I spent that money, but now you know we on that we on that mode. You know, I'm I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just stacking up. Um, I'm trying to enjoy my money. I'm trying to balance everything out. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to have a good time. You know, I'm trying to you know you don't want to get too obsessed with just saving up money and then you just not have nowhere to put it. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you're not enjoying it at the end of the day. You're not gonna take that money with you. But at the end of the day, um, saving up that money if it's gonna it's gonna go a long way. You know, if you ever own, a dream of owning a property. If you ever dream of owning a car or, or whatever, you ever dream of taking out your family on a on a trip, if you ever dream on treating out your wife or your kids or, or whoever, you know, all that involves just saving your money at the end of the day, you know. Mm -hmm. You can't be reckless with it. And that's one thing I would tell like myself or anybody in general, you know, mm -hmm. just save up your money. If you need a if you if you once in a while treat yourself, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but but um you know, just don't be reckless with your money, man. Uh, I remember sometimes bro, I'd even like I'll drop like $100, $200, $200. I'll drop, I'll be at the club or I'll lose my wallet, have like $400. I don't even know, man. I have some of those situations, you know. Or it'll do it phone, to you. I got to buy a new phone now. Or, damn, I, I bump my whip up a little bit, you know, because I'm yeah. getting reckless. And mm -hmm. it just, all that stuff adds up. You know, you don't think about it, but all those little things just start adding up. They start adding up. And then if you were to just be a little bit more disciplined with your money, um, I'm telling you about, you start saving up once you, once you start making a, a regular amount. Yeah, who knows? You know what mm -hmm. what that could turn into. You know, who knows what you can do with that. What's a what's a little uh, formula, a little advice you can give someone? Like someone that's making like a part time job, working a full time job. Maybe they're only getting eight hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. Like, what's some advice you would encourage them? Like, uh, how to do it? Put your put your necessities uh, down. You know, what do you need to spend on um, food? If it's food, or if it's uh, your bills, or if it's um, anything that's necessary you know and by necessary is like you literally need that you know mm -hmm. it's not it's not something you want not the shoes you want you know mm -hmm. just put make a list you know of what your necessity costs are mm -hmm. you know and then everything else just try to put that away you know if you want to dig out a little bit out of that then that's cool but just make a list of what you need to buy or what what are what's you know what you have to in order to keep moving forward but everything else you know just unless you like I said, need it, just put it away, you know. Mm -hmm. It can it can be any amount of money. If you're making like $300, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure people, some people already hop out their parents from the beginning. They already got bills to pay from the very beginning, you mm -hmm. know. And, and if you got to do that, and if you can only save $20 a week, save $20 a week. Mm -hmm. But if you have if you have the chance to save that whole paycheck and spend a fraction of it, then save that whole paycheck, uh, paycheck and, mm -hmm. and spend that little fraction. Still treat yourself a little bit, but for the most part, if you don't have that pressure to pay stuff, because... Some of us have different situations, you know. Yeah. Um, some people they hop their parents out fresh out of high school. Yeah. Some other people, um, 
their, their parents don't ask them to, for for help. You know, they're they're more they're uh, more, they have the chance to be supportive. You know, mm-hmm. some parents can't, some parents can. You know, mm-hmm. and if your parents are being very supportive on you, that even gives you more of a reason. You know, I think those are the those are the kids that spend their money the most. Yeah, the ones that have the support. You know, yeah, they're like you know what, it's good. I, think I got nothing to worry about. I'm gonna worry about. You know, mm-hmm. but the people that got shit to worry about from the very beginning, they're the ones already like on it. You know, they're the ones on it. And Everyone, I'm, I'm to be honest. You know, I didn't really have. Too much to worry about you mm. know my parents were very wealthy but mm. at the end of the day they weren't like uh, they didn't they didn't uh they let by example put that pressure on me like mm. oh can I, you know can you start kind of helping us out the house a little bit more mm-hmm. they didn't really do that on me they started doing that on me when when i was spending yeah like, nonsense on they're like because right. they're like you know what you spend on this dumb stuff <laughs> yeah you probably can hop out around the house yeah. you know and, and they did that just because i think they wanted to show me um responsibility responsibility mm. uh, i didn't uh, i didn't know how to manage the team from the very beginning um, my first barbershop, Evergreen Barbershop, uh, I remember I wanted to work there. I told myself, bro, I wanted to work there forever. Can you believe that? <laughs> where? Where? Yeah, Evergreen Barbershop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wanted to work there just because, man, I, I loved everything about it. Being in the shop already, uh, I'm telling you, I was getting booked out. Um, I had never been booked out. Um, the owner, Efren, you know, shout out to Efren for giving me a shot. Yep. He was, a. Uh, his vibe was dope, you know. He was just—he was uh, somebody I, I looked up to. Um, the way he ran the business, the way he presented himself, mm-hmm. uh, the, the professional image that he, he put for the shop, you know, um, it was a—it was a great experience. Um, we had a misunderstanding, you know, about booth rent mm-hmm. uh, over time. But other than that, everything else was good. I have no complaints mm-hmm. about that business. But you know, at the end of the day, um, I've learned that—that that, um, everybody has a dream to open up their own business. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I left, you know, Evergreen was because I was like, you know what, the rent price I'm paying right now, I could eventually maybe uh, open up my own spot and and uh, and I won't have to cover those costs no more. You know, those booth rent costs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's because you know they were somewhat high, and uh, that kind of for me myself, uh, when you build a strong team, you know, you 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 can't be surprised when people, you know, they want something better for themselves, for their families. It's gonna happen, but uh, one thing you could do is give them the best deal possible for them to feel like you know, like like they are appreciated. You know, like 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 uh, is the risk really worth leaving? Mm-hmm. You know, like if if you like a spot a lot and you gain a good price, you know, is it is it worth you know maybe looking for something better? You know, like because when you're leaving, you're taking a risk too. You know, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee that that everything's gonna go good for you. Yeah, um, it's always a risk. You know. Mm-hmm. Just like everything's going good right now, it could be going bad. You know, mm-hmm. I could be in a tough situation, you know, with the commitment I've made to open up a business. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think just with what I was paying, you know, it kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of made me want to take that risk. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's worth the risk. Um, I, I, the price that I put up for my barbers, they're, they're, I feel like, from regular price to like, like a little bit under that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I try to give like some good prices, even though if it costs me maybe working a little bit more mm. i don't mind doing that you know i don't i don't feel good um leaving early earlier than my or leaving earlier than them uh, getting mm. there later yeah yeah uh, i try to bust my ass off it as as just like they are you know mm. um I, I don't try to just like you know what you guys you guys are gonna do everything and i'm just gonna show up and yeah you know like i kind of just try to I try to lead by example yeah um try to just show that I'm still hungry mm-hmm. uh, I st- like I said I still some there's days where where I don't have a break all day you know I'm just I'm just grinding it out yeah I mean, it's just about you know sh- just let, letting your team know that that you know they are appreciated yeah 
I think that's that's a big thing, you know. And if you got to cut down the cost a little bit, uh, it's not gonna kill you at the end of the day, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to give a reasonable price. Mm -hmm. reasonable price, you know. You gotta. Everyone's gotta eat. Everybody's gotta eat. You know? Shit, everyone's hungry. But uh, you gotta make sure to take care of your team, you know, because you know, I'm not gonna lie, you know, you see the the main guy getting all this bread, or you see the main dude, you know, doing so well, and he's the one getting like all the all the credit for everything, you know. Sometimes you do feel like. Damn, like, I kind of wish I maybe I had a little bit of that spotlight, you know? Yeah. So you got to make sure to put everybody on equally, you know? You got to make sure that everybody's eating. You, know, you got to make sure everybody's taken care of, you know? I, I do check in with, with the with the guys, you know? It's not just, hey, show up, pay my money, and that's that. You mm -hmm. know, I, I ask them how they're doing, you know? If they need anything, let me know. It's just mm -hmm. more than a barbershop to me. It's, this ain't no, like, this ain't no, like, office work. Like, a barbershop, I get to see these dudes every, every day, you know? Like, it's not like I just tell them what to do and... And that's that, you know. Now nah, it's it's uh, we work. We're we're coworkers. I don't I don't consider them as my employees or nothing like that. You know, mm -hmm. we're all coworkers. We're all part of the team. Um, and then just just kind of showing them their the appreciation the appreciation I have for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it goes a long way. I try to do as much as I can. Um, but I feel like just kind of that, bro. Just kind of I don't put myself above anybody. You know, I, and I repeat to them, you know, how how thankful I am that they've chosen to work at. At the barbershop, I'm at. I lift the barbershop, you know, and be a part of the team and and put out put out the image that we put out, you know, which is which is like a family oriented barbershop. You know, mm -hmm. we're not we're not uh, I wouldn't classify as you know, and anything else besides that. You know, we're all we're all just uh, we're caring about our our customers. You know, mm -hmm. everybody that walks in. You know, we try to put out that that great service. Of course, I try to lead that. You know, I try to I try to always uh, talk to people. I try to communicate with people. You know. Make sure that good environment is still always going on, you know. Mm -hmm. I try to check in, and and that's that, you know. Just lead by example. Lead by example. That reminds me of that bar from Meek Mill's song where he's like, "If you don't feed your wolves, they're gonna put you on the menu." Mm -hmm. And that's what I kind of took away from that. Like you're, there's this picture. One. That's a good one. Yeah, there's a picture where it shows a, um, you know, a leader, and it shows a picture where it shows a leader leading these guys pushing a rock, and they're all doing it together. Mm -hmm. And there's another one, the guy sitting on a chair, and he's and they're and he's pointing, and he's saying, "Push the rock." And it's a difference, and it says the difference between leadership and authority. Because like someone, like how you're saying, like they could just be like, "Oh, I'm just here to collect a check, yeah. raise the price on the chairs." That's authority. But you, you showing up early, you leaving last. Like those are good signs of of a leader. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's what's up. That's one of the things that I definitely wanted to really emphasize on. So I guess uh, one of the last questions I want to ask you before we uh, conclude this conversation is um what are some uh well two actually so i you know you obviously know i highlight the hip-hop community you know what i'm yeah. saying i'm tapped in with the folks and music uh and i kind of want to get a uh uh hear from like what you're listening to like what's what's the things you're tuning into i know you got little different genres you tapping into it's not just hip-hop so I'm, i want to hear it all like what being, you're listening being, to being in the shop all day bro you get tired of listening to the same music all day uh, <laughs> facts uh, i let everybody have a have a turn on the on the on the they say on the speaker yeah the I bluetooth like to, i like to listen to what everybody got mm -hmm. um, mainly like you know when i'm cutting hair i like to listen to like reggaeton that's like my, my yep. thing to when i to when i uh work out or to when i uh, cut up the shop you know but I also play reggae i mm -hmm. play oldies mm -hmm. i play uh hip-hop i play underground um you name it bro even a little bit of edm mm -hmm. uh, i'm not really picky i wouldn't say those are all song or, or music that i would listen to you know when i'm outside the shop yeah but when i'm in the shop i like to play everything you know uh, i like to uh so like reggaeton just switching it up you know so like reggaeton like who's like the artist that you're mainly like slapping right now 
Who's the I know people used to Mike, call you Mike Anuel. Towers, Mike Towers. Oh, hey, Mike Towers <laughs> go stupid. Mike Towers is up there. <laughs> I like Mike. Mike Towers is Yeah, he's good. He's good. So, and, and I really like to get thrown back in the day, bro. My parents, uh, my family, bro, they listen to only like, uh, to only uh, corridos. Yeah. You know, or like, or like the old school Mexican music. <laughs> she always so, smiling. She thinking about it. <laughs> so like, so like me listening to the reggaeton, bro, when yeah. I was younger, like I would get kind of bashed on for it. You know, I'd be yeah. like, oh, what the hell is this? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You always consider being soft if you listen to anything that's not you know like yeah. some hardcore music you know so yeah. like I, i've always kind of like listened to it a little bit but it wasn't something that you know I, i felt comfortable listening to around even my own family it was just kind of like to myself mm -hmm. until later when it's like more people start listening to it i was like you know what i, I love it too <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard yeah but now definitely my uncles are more old school bro so being around my family you know you play your chalino sanchez and you're and you're like you're like old school mexican music which i like you know mm -hmm. Those, that's my roots right there but uh i, I definitely have growing up got into other music you know yeah. I like like i said reggae i like i like a lot of reggae so like who's a reggae artist you listen uh, to revolution okay and actually yeah i heard, heard of them okay okay they're cool, they're cool shout out yeah, to them there's a bunch of different ones i just put it on pandora i just put like mm -hmm. some guy and then like even like um jay bug is not reggae is he yeah he is reggae shout yeah. out to jay bug jay bug yeah nice jay bug up there <laughs> yep and then uh as for the hip-hop is there any hip-hop uh songs oh, artists that kind of stand out to you or you kind of like already went through it and you're like kind of everything man i mean uh i grew up listening to i want to say it's, uh, it's dom kennedy oh that? yeah yeah that's dom, that dom that west kennedy, coast shit uh, was a is a big factor actually in my in my music man I, I actually like uh, Dom Kennedy a lot, bro. I, I listened to him since high school, and mm -hmm. I still listen to him today, even mainly his his older music. You know, yeah. I always throw him in there at least once a day. Yeah. Uh, Nipsey Hussle. Shout out. Um, Long live Nipsey. Dave East. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Loon. I just started. Uh, Larry June. Larry June. Yeah. Larry June. I started listening to Larry June. He's he's nice. He's got like a chill style. You got that I'm hustle. Really like, the, like yeah, chill, chill, kickback music. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are the main guys actually. Right there. Those yeah. Are no, Dom Kennedy and Larry June Loki got like Larry similar June. flows. Yeah. But I, I like their music. Right. It's like it's like uh, older music. I kind of noticed like the stuff they rap about is like only older people would understand like what yeah. they're talking about. They're talking about building business, owning asset. Like that's that type of shit I like to listen to. I'm not gonna lie. If it talks about like drugs and like killing people and stuff like that. I used to listen to that, but lately I've kind of been getting away more yeah. from that. Yeah, it gets music. old kind of quick. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of like even like some of the guys play at the shop, bro, and and like when they're like when it's just all everybody like older, I don't mind it, but when like little kids start walking in and stuff like that, or like families, you know, I ask them to take it off or to mm -hmm. like put it down. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of just kind of like distance myself a little bit more. From yeah. That that type of music i don't hate on it you know I, yeah I still like there's ways to filter it and yeah. like understand I certain playlists it there, yeah it's not really like something like that uh, i listen to it especially as much as i used to back in the day you know? mm. it's kind of something i've gotten away from yeah no i agree i uh i think it's good it's just especially in your environment because you're you're catering to all ages yeah. so totally understandable it's hard being on ox sometimes man at a barbershop <laughs> no nah, like, i see it i see it sometimes they're like hey pass the ox and yeah, shit especially hella people man that's a lot of pressure man <laughs> especially if you play some whack shit they're like hey who, yeah. who playing this shit turn this shit off there's some guys that don't even want to hop on <laughs> ox you know it's just it's too much pressure for them they're just like it's good it's, it's usually the same three four people you know yeah um no that's facts that is very true even with my friends bro if we play some wax in the car they're like dude who the fuck is on the ox right now 
Um, so I guess the last question is, uh, what, who are some, you know, some companies, some business owners, some people that you see within the distance that you recognize that you're inspired by that, you know, that are within our community or even the Bay Area that stand uh, out to you? Some guy called, uh, he's across the street from me, just opened up a business. His name's uh, Warze. Oh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you guys did the collab guy. event. I went to support y'all on that yeah. event. That, that, he put that event together. I was just a part of it, you know, but I definitely look up to him a lot lately. Uh, he's across the street from me, opened up a gym. Um, just the way it comes off, it comes off very like a serious person, you know, that's uh, just, uh, you know, real, real authentic person, you mm -hmm. know. Um, shout out Warze, I know he might be seeing this interview. No, uh, yeah, shout out. I've always, I've always had, um, I say like role models, I've always had people that I look up to. Um, it changes over time, you know. Um, I don't try to copy them. You're inspired by but them. I'm inspired from, the, from them. I try to like pick up some of their ideas that they have and. And lately, I've been uh, I've been linking up a lot with him. He comes in for a haircut every week, and then just kind of dig into his head a little bit. He digs into mine. We kind of just switch ideas off, and I definitely admire a lot of the work that he does. You know, mm -hmm. uh, especially this whole uh, COVID thing. You know, like um, I, I kind of felt like I started asking other other shop owners, barbershop owners. You know, I, I was asking uh, him more questions on like how he was running his business during mm -hmm. that time. You know, like yeah. he definitely was showing me like uh, keeping that strong mentality. You know, yeah. just the way he works, bro, is just. The way that he's kind of respected, um, even like through the haters, you know, there's obviously people that you know hate on, hate on anything, but, mm. but he's just always had a strong mindset. Um, he's family orientated, which I respect a lot, you know. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, he just uh, he just gives off a strong energy, you know. Like you could talk to him, and you're like, damn, this guy like he's passionate. He's passionate about mm. what he's doing, and uh, you know, I admire that a lot. You know, he he loves what he does, you know. And he kind of gives me, like, you know, his details on his personal life. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't open up to you like that. You know? Yeah. They don't, they don't tell you. They, everybody wants to talk to you about the good, but not of everybody course. wants to talk to you about the bad. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That happens a lot on Instagram. Mm -hmm. you know? They post up when they're being successful, but they don't post their, their hard times. So for you to tell somebody, you know, your hard times and how you're getting over them, mm -hmm. uh, it definitely does help, you know, to, to know stuff like that, you know, for him to tell me how he's overcoming his challenges, you know. And what he does is great, you know. He's he's managed to open up that business. Uh, I think it was like six months after I opened up mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's he's a uh, he's gone a long way, you know. He's he's pretty known now. He's, mm -hmm. he's a lot of people know about him. So I mean, like I said, I, I admire him a lot. What other business too? Um, my boy, he's right down the street uh, from Puerto Michoacan. Mm -hmm. Luis, oh yeah, I remember that's Luis. A, his family-owned business too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I admire how that family has, has created that business, that restaurant. He went to Old Grove too, right? So yeah, he went to Old Grove. Yep, too. yep. Real south. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I mean, there's a uh, there's other barbershop owners that I, I admire too. You know, I, I admire a lot. Uh, Dave Diggs. I only heard Dave Diggs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he's uh he opened up Barber's Inc. He's uh he's kind of like one of the OGs in the game. So I've, I've always uh. Kind of like I said, I don't copy, try to copy nobody, but yeah. you know, I kind of see how he runs his business. You know, it gives me an idea. I mean, at the end of the day, sh I would, it would mainly be like right now, lately it's been like my boys that he's been, he's mm. been motivating me a lot to, to continue to grind. And, and for the viewers, man, the reason why I asked that question is because it's nothing wrong by being a fan of your friends. You know what I'm saying? Like no, you're fr there's friends out here that are actively doing shit and they're they're like... They're killing shit, you know what I mean? And there's this thing called ego that people forget, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I can't show that expression, that love for these people because I don't want it to make it seem like I'm not this or I'm not that. But in reality, it's like imitation is the, is the best form of flattery. And I feel that, you know, you being open about things like that and talking about positive what things are doing, 
that's leading with example. That's showing you're expressing with love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Leading with love is what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, man. I, uh, so shout out to Warze. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and put all these details out for people to support those folks as well. Um, so I guess uh, this is kind of where I'm going to conclude the podcast. Um, I do appreciate you coming down here. We got to unpack a lot of stuff. And I hope some people that watched this today found some value in this content and got to learn a little bit about you. And if, man, if y'all in the neighborhood on First Street, make sure you guys slide by. You guys do take walk-ins. They got 15 chairs, 15 talented barbers. You guys cannot miss out on one bad haircut. I promise you, you'll get one the moment you pull in. Um, my guy Samuel will take care of you. Um, but I guess um, for the viewers and for the people that are watching, what's some some advice or something that you want to tell them to peep out for, what to look out for the future? Um, damn, just stack up your money, you know, do what you do what you what you love, you know. Um, if you do something that you like to do, it's always a better outcome to it. You know, if you do something for the money or just because it's a hype, you know, it don't really work out like that. Uh, but yeah, stack up your money, you know, try to just try to just make moves as life continues you know just don't get stuck in one spot try to just you know find find always a way you know to move move forward you know um just always remind yourself you know how lucky you are you know about about where you're trying to get you know what you're trying to do and uh regardless of all the haters because there's always going to be haters man don't, always don't, don't get down on yourself you know they're just waiting for you to get down on yourself you know that let that be your motivation to keep grinding to keep uh to keep moving forward you know and one quote I'll add to that is, those who have no critics will likely have no success. Mm -hmm. So if you got haters, you're doing something right. Exactly. And that's facts. Um, but once again, bro, you know, thank you so much for coming no, out, my brother, man, you, coming thank out here. Long overdue. We will have a follow-up interview. We don't know when, but when we do, we'll have a lot to talk about by then. Um, <clears throat> but with that being said, uh, we in the heart of uh, Silicon Valley, downtown San Jose. It ain't exclusive. If it ain't an Emlyn exclusive, it's your boy BQ. My boy Sammy, and we out. Glee! Even though I ain't rich, bitch, I ain't rich, yeah. Bounce back Michael Vick on my shit, yeah. Cause being broke is just a state of mind. That ain't my state of mind. But smile is mine, I'ma take my time. Won't waste my time if we ain't alone. They don't wanna see me shine, I'm still gon' shine. I got that work and I'm online, yeah I got the work